All right, welcome in to another episode of The Zoo with Nick and Zach, where we are diving into everything Legend of Zeladon, talking about the goings-on and the happenings and just what a year we've had. Mm. You know, as we approach playoffs, it's, it's wild. I know I'm, I'm excited and I'm happy and I'm not worried about anything for the most part because I feel like I've locked in a playoff spot, asterisk, um, as have... Have you, you know, you've definitely clinched, right? I've clinched and not only have I clinched, but let me take a little victory lap because I also have clinched a buy. So Mm. I needed it. My team was hurt and I got the buy, but it's just great recording a podcast on a Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesdays are great days to recap. But then by the time you get to Tuesday around 4 p.m., you're just like, how is there no football on? Like, what am I supposed to do? No draft. Like, I can start looking at DraftKings lineups on Tuesday evening for Thursday just for fun. Like, it's so, oh, it's so agonizing, especially especially with no trades and no fabs. You can't decide. It's just, it's, it's too late in the season, man. I'm a little sad. But but hopefully, if you're listening to this on a Thursday morning, like, if you listen to this on the way to work, we got football today, baby. And the start of the playoff push for four teams begins today. Yes, it does. Uh, so we have a not a jam-packed episode for y'all. We Zach and I actually got together and we were looking through every single trade made this whole year, and it was it was just exhausting. And we found ourselves talking about every trade that could potentially be a fleece, trying to give y'all a good top five fleeces of the year, and then we scratched that because one, it's it's subjective. And two, there were just too many, and we didn't really want to do that. Yeah, there's a lot of trades that you remember happening and being like, this is the worst trade I've ever seen. And then you look at it, and it's like, well, this player got hurt. This player ended up being trash. Eh, not really a fleece. Like, there's not many that really impacted that much of the season. And may I jump into the top five storylines? Or Yeah, we have am a... I jumping? Am I jumping the ship? Because there no, was no, no, one no, no. trade specifically that did kind of change everything for one team specifically. If you want to give that, we will, after, jump into our top five storylines of the year as we approach playoffs. So why don't you you talk about that trade that just shifted the league? Well, I say shifted the league because I was sitting at, I don't remember my exact record, but I believe I was 2-3. and three. I started off the year 0-3. I think at this point, whenever I was playing Sean, I was 2-3, and three, um, and Sean was first or second seed at like 4-1, oh 5, or 4-1, 5-0, something like that. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Week six. Um, so I was 2-3, and three and Sean was either 5-1 and one or, or no, either 4-1 and one or... He was not 5-0. and oh. I, was, I okay. was the only 5 So I think he was 4-1 and one at this point. Either way, basically, Sean, at that point, I'm way, I'm pretty <clears throat> bad out of the playoff picture if I lose that week, and Sean is pretty much, again, you don't ever want to say clinch that early, but he's set, and then... He makes the fateful trade of giving me Josh Allen and um, I don't Stephon Diggs, and I gave him uh, Hollywood Brown and Lamar. But what what really mattered and Aaron Jones. But what really mattered was that he gave oh me, and Aaron Jones. Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah. But what really mattered is he ended up giving me the win. It put him on a tailspin, like an absolute season changing tailspin, and it gave me the momentum to win. And I don't, I've lost one game since that game. Um, gave me momentum, Sean in a tailspin, and everything from the season, nothing has looked the same since. Yeah, and I'll, I'll apologize to our listeners. Uh, 
we've had a lot of Zach's self fellatio in the chat when he talked about uh, some like league changing trade. I did not know that that's what it would be. So I apologize to start off a pod with more of that. But let's dive into the top five storylines of the year. Coming in at number five, we have Sean almost rallying and living up to the name that people like Zach and I built for him in this league. Yeah, he just he did just that. Almost rallied and then he started off super hot. And really last week it came to a I mean a just a sad, sad like, to start, reality. To ha- be in a must-win situation. And at the end of the day, I believe he got blown out. So I don't think it would have mattered. But PF matters a lot for him right now. Yeah, he got blown out. But PF does matter a lot, like I said. And to not start, or to have Alex Collins be ruled out on a, whether it was on Saturday or Sunday, doesn't matter. To have him ruled out and not find a replacement. When you're vying for the playoffs, it's, you know, everybody starts the league, and Eric did it this year. You start the year like, hey, this is the year I'm on top of it. And then, you know, life happens. And you get busy, and, you know, you a lot of different things can happen. For Sean, that job stuff was crazy, and he was spending more time with his wife, which are all good things. But something's got to get put on the back burner. And sadly... While Sean was just flying high, he decided to put fantasy football on that back burner. I mean, and we'll talk about it more, but starting Alex Collins, and he apologized to the league. He said, I'm so sorry. I feel terrible. That ultimately will come back to bite him in the butt. So that, I mean, that's that's really the storyline isn't what happened last week. It's that Sean has yet to get in this league and actually show that he you know, not belongs, but show that he can make his mark. Yep, it again proves that this league is the cream of the crop, and at the end of the day, talent rises to the top, and Sean has not risen yet. Yeah, so that was our fifth biggest storyline of the year. Coming in at number four, Zach, you want to share this one? I know that you were excited to talk about it. Yeah, well, I think it's it's Austin finally hitting, and he's making this late, late push. He went after some under-the-radar wide receivers, as he always does. Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy. He had Deontay Johnson for a while, who was hot trash for a while at the beginning of the season. DJ Moore, all the things. And um, he has the second-best shot at making the playoffs tomorrow. Or starting tomorrow, but this week. And so Austin's been wanting to get on the pod for a while. And so we figured, hey, let's have him, let's have him speak for himself and, and all that. Would you, would, you, would you want to say something first? Yeah, before we get Austin on, I, you know, he always talks about, and we'll ask him about it, he always talks about knowing more about football, like, you're not a football fan, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, well, if you know so much, like, just, you should be at least good a little bit at fantasy. And we've already, we dove into, you know, two years ago, how he made the playoffs, and we think about him as an eternal Toilet Bowl member, it's just not the case. You know, we, we relive last year where he was just dog water. So, um, yeah, his his wide receivers this year hit. And we wanted to have him on at the beginning of the year, talk about some of his, like, under-the-radar flyers. Um, I don't know if he would have done that because it would have given away some strategy. But 
You know, his wide receivers hit, his running backs hit. That And that's what I was about to say. I'm actually looking up right now the season average of his running backs, not just because he had Michael Carter get hurt. Um, but so he ended up with Fournette, Daryl Henderson, Michael Carter, and Miles Gaskin. Four names at the beginning of the year that not a lot of people would have wanted. And I would dare to say, again, not looking at the numbers in front of me, but none of those guys probably went for more than 20 fab. Yeah, I don't think so. Maybe besides Daryl Henderson. Maybe Daryl Henderson, but we can I mean we can look at that right now. So Daryl Henderson went for six fab, actually. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. So none of these guys going for much fab in all four guys, even Michael Carter, even Miles Gaskin, which you may not believe, they hit Litter Fournette is the fourth ranked running back right now. Like, that's crazy. He went for $2. Um, who are the other names we said? Daryl Henderson. Let's go with – let's look at Gaskin. Gaskin's the RB14 right now. He went for $7. <laughs> Carter was undrafted, um, and he's obviously had a good season. He's injured right now, but he averages 11.2 fantasy points, but then he was obviously on a tear before he got hurt. So all I'll just say is he might be back, and Austin somehow hit – on four running backs that nobody, nobody wanted. Pretty crazy. Yeah, so let's give him a ring. All right, we now welcome on to the pod Stin, mm. also known as Size Lord. Mm. Also known as Line Daddy, Chain Sixers guy, um, the uh, inspiration behind Nick Mormon's Instagram, mm. literally all of the above. Beautiful, beautiful. You did post that after me, but we'll say I you inspired did, you. But your entire aesthetic is built off of the aesthetic that I built many years ago. In a way, you know, but that's not what you're on the pod to talk about. You're on the pod to talk about how you've got you've got a what is it a puncher's chance? Yeah, I, I mean, would say. Not, yeah, he's the he has the second best odds right now based on Nick and I's calculations to make the playoff as a six seed. So. Congratulations! Yeah, and, you know we we said this a couple of weeks ago that like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be here I'm gonna be fighting for the spot you know I'm coming off three straight wins um, I'm probably like probably put up the most hundred plus point weeks in this league but they're all low one hundreds unfortunately mm-hmm. um, but yeah we're out here we have a chance we're just gonna sit there and try to do it how many points did Mitch score last week seventy one you mm-hmm. know I'm feeling good. Yeah, I like it. He can keep, I would say, the opposite of riding that high. If Mitch can keep riding that low, you know, and you can put in a solid performance. Yeah, I mean, it'd be great if, like, the ball was completely in my court. Unfortunately, I'm counting on some dude that's rostering, like, 22 injured players named (laughs) Nick Mormon at the moment. And that's a a real big, you know, thing that might work against me. Wait, I didn't realize you need Nick to win this week to make it in. I need need Nick to win – and I'm like in, like I'm for sure in, and I win. Yeah, yeah. But but Duncan wins, I have to outscore him by like 50 points, maybe 70. Dang, bro. No. Well, hey. It's like 50, yeah. Based on this season, and like you've had a close – we didn't go back and do our research, but it feels like at least half the weeks have come down to the last game. So with that being said, like you kind of are made for moments like this. Would you not say so? I would I would agree. I tend to see myself coming in the clutch, like um, you know, kind of shift gears. Joel Embiid's currently leading the NBA 
and clutch points and clutch field goal percentage. And I think that's a lot like me, like my idol is doing that in the NBA and I'm kind of doing that within this fantasy league as well. And basically you are a Kawhi Leonard miracle Killer. shot away from making the playoffs yeah. this year. Yep. 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 Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, well, let's go back to the topic at hand, or what we were talking about before we got you on the pod. We just spent four, or we just spent a couple minutes talking about the four running backs that somehow no one wanted and you miraculously hit on. Would you like to talk about any research you did or why those guys or how the rest of the league is stupid and you're smart? You have the floor to kind of brag on yourself for a second. Yeah, and I think you guys giving me some credit, and I deserve a little bit of it, but some of it I do not, and... I'll explain. You know, there's two there's two experts that I really like to follow. Jake Seeley at the Athletic. Um, feel free to give that a subscription. I think it's like five dollars a month. And you know, our Lord and Savior Justin Boone. Mm. Um, and I really like I, I follow Boone on those receivers and how he values those, and I follow Seeley on those running backs. And the the big hit, even though he's now on the IR, he would really like was starting to come through, find a stretch. You know, like his last. Four games he played full. He went 12, 27, 9, 16. And that's Michael Carter, which I think was a scary situation. You know, I have these guys telling me, go after Michael Carter. This guy is a natural born athlete. Like, he's going to win the job. But they have Ty Johnson, or, yeah, Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman. And we're like, is this backfield ever going to really shift towards his way? But, you know, I just knew I needed to get that guy on my roster, and it turned out to be right. You know, do I wish he's healthy right now? I wish he could be getting me 10-plus every week. But, um, you know, I'll save him for week 15 when he's designated a return from IR. Mm-hmm. And so, so, and there's another one. So the first move I made, it might have been the first trade of the season, was I traded George Kittle for Daryl Henderson. Mm-hmm. And With the chat – yeah, with Eric. And the chat was absolutely like, oh, my God, Austin, you're such an idiot. Like, that was the dumbest thing you ever did. And I was like, you know, I don't think that was that dumb. Like, I think that was a good trade. I think I got a lot of value out of it. But then at the same time, I'd offered a kiddo for DeAndre Swift to Dylan, I believe, at the time. He was like, dude, I was about to hit accept on that. And I was like, Ooh. damn, I would have loved DeAndre Swift on my team. Um but Henderson, you know, I saw a tweet before the season started that, like, had – you were talking about how this guy was, like, going so low in these drafts and that, like, he's, like, PFF's, like, one of the highest-graded rushers. Like, every year, like, every snap they look at, like, he does so well. And this offense is going to be thriving, even though they kind of hit a little bit of a lull last couple of weeks. Um, he's just going to get fed. Like, they don't have – anybody else out there like i think there's some concern about sony michelle coming in and taking his job and i think that was whoever thought that was an idiot Mm -hmm. sony michelle's never done anything good in his life except give me 20 points last week um (laughs) but like he's just he's not like he's not a real threat to anyone's job and so henderson made a lot of sense um to me gaskin that's my guy he's been my guy for two years yes sir he's 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 kind of up and down i think he's you know he's like a high-end RB2 maybe right now in the rankings. RB14, um, so, yep, you're right on. Yeah, wow, that's a little higher than I thought. I think I think he just had one game that really, like, pushed him way well over it, but um, can put up decent numbers. And that's just an offense. It's not It's not great. He's, like, averaging, like, two yards a carry. It's absolutely mm. atrocious. I have no idea how he's that bad and still playing, but the offensive line 
is terrible, but he can catch passes. You know, he's still going to get the majority of the work. They signed like 18 different running backs throughout the season. But, you know, Gaskin was always going to be the breadwinner there. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm obviously going to keep him. I think I was in a bad position. I didn't really have a great keeper last year. And I was just like, I got to keep a running back, I guess. And that's why I kept Gaskin and Leonard Fournette. You know, you talk about like this guy. What is he? He is high right now. Like he's an RB1, RB1. Um, I don't even know how I got him. I know I traded for him. Let's see. I got, I traded to Colin Edmonds and Nuke for Judy and Fournette. And mm. I think Fournette's worth Nuke and Edmonds by himself, probably worth even more than that. I agree. So big time fleece, but that just happened at the end of October. Always been uh, a void Buccaneers running back situation guy. Yeah. yeah. But. Like, you know, Ronald Jones is just not happening. Like, that's never going to be a thing. Like, we could stop pretending like Ronald Jones is going to be a good running back. He's yeah, not. Bruce, I mean, it, you can see flashes where you're like, ooh, could he maybe, you know, if he had a bigger workload. But Bruce Arians hates him, and it is what it is. I mean, and Tom Brady's not going to let you fumble a ball and play football with him. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And that's just kind of happened like the first game of the season and then it was Lenny show from then on. And we, we talk about playoff Lenny. Like, I don't know. I was obviously low on him at the beginning of the year, but when I saw an opportunity to get him, you know, I had to really just get out there and execute that trade. Um, and it really helped out. I mean, I wouldn't have won last week without Leonard Fournette's 40 point game. Um, it's really worked out well, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be crazy to watch, you know, a guy that if they were all fully healthy, like, you know, guys that would probably be pushing RB1s, like Michael Carter, if he would have stayed healthy, like would have really made some jumps and like not see these guys in the playoffs. It'd be a real shame, honestly, mm-hmm. more than anything in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's life. You got to roll with those punches. You got to take those those wins, those losses, and every week, you know, get 1% better. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Well, hey, man, we yeah. got, we've got we got a whole pod to hit. You have a, a parting word for the league, just – you know, whether you make playoffs, whether you don't make playoffs, just if, if you want to take just a minute of our time right now and just say, here's how I feel about the league right now, moving forward, whatever you want, you know, talk about your team, slobbing, whatever you want, bro. Yeah, no, of course. Um, I believe the first thing would be fuck you to everybody that was like Austin way too high on Daryl Henderson and Leonard Fournette when I was trying to trade the last couple of weeks. You're wrong. <laughs> I was properly raking them at their value. Uh, fuck Mitch for sitting there and sending me <laughs> trade screenshots all the time and not offering like a real man. Uh, love you, Coley, always. Um, you guys don't want me in the playoffs because you know Odell Beckham Jr. is going off. You know T. Higgins, DJ Moore. You know Jalen Hurts is going to lead me to the promised land if I get in there. Know that the size lord knows all. And I'm I'm just, I'm just better than you. Fuck you, Dylan. Uh, just because you always said you wanted to trade with me and literally never once offered me a good trade. And let's get Dave out of office. I don't know if this has been a discussion on this pod yet, but I think you guys need to spend a good 20 minutes sitting there and just going through these, you know, these transgressions. Of this. You know, we just can't have that. We yeah. can't have that, you know, kind of tone at the top, you know. You know, we look back at 2016 when we were, you know, trying to decide on a president. And we talked a lot about tone at the top. And, you know, I'm not, to say, I'm not trying to compare the two, but, you know, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Hey, I think that's that's all all the good word. We'll dive into some of that. Um, Zach, anything you want to say? 
Hey, I'm not going to ever talk about another man's job uh, in Dave. I'll let you and Nick be the ones that are doing that. But uh, just want to say thanks for Deontay Johnson, your baby. Yeah, I mean, he's he's amazing, you know. Like what he put up, like 20 plus last week? It's incredible. Yeah, he did. 30. He's but. 30. I mean, the guy. The guy's just, he belongs in the category of elite receivers. Just that route running is out of this world. The, the average, uh, the separation he gets. You'll look into those advanced analytics on the guy and you'll see why I was so high on him all the time. Austin, I really hope you make it in as a six seed that I get the one seed and then I get to play you in the second round and beat the tar out of you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that, bud. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely, man. We will uh, we'll see you in the playoffs. All right, sounds good. All right. Bye. All right, moving on to our next topic. Now that we finally got Austin off the line, our third biggest storyline this year is what I like to call – Dinky 2.0, right? It's it's Colin kind of having a repeat of last year. And we know last year for Colin sucked so bad in fantasy because he had easily the best team. And we've looked at the numbers. If he would have made the playoffs, he would have run all the way to the championship. Okay? And here we are again. Colin's got a great squad. He's got a great PF. Horrible PA. I mean, he's just getting demolished. Um, it's it's a sad, what well, looks like a repeat, but you know he's he's also got a, a a real shot at making the playoffs. Yeah, so Dinky two point um, absolutely. I was just looking at the league history, and I don't think Cullen was in the league. No, he would have been. He was in the league the first year whenever we were on. He ESPN. wasn't in the first year, so he wasn't on the ESPN league. No, but he lived in Frisco. He wasn't. He wasn't in that league. Okay, Cohen, you can tell us if we're wrong, but we're going off the assumption that you were not in the first year league, meaning that if Cohen loses this week or he wins without help, it will make three straight years of no playoffs. Mm. Three, I'll say it again. Yeah. Three straight years of no playoffs. Never making the playoffs in Zeladon history. For the most active member. I mean, we just got off the phone with Austin. And a lot of people think Austin's a toilet, we address this toilet bowl, uh, what'd you call him? Uh, a, a toilet bowl eternal. Yeah. He wasn't. The, actually, he performed really well mm-hmm. in 2019. Yeah. Um, he... Austin has the second best odds to get the sixth seed. But Colin Dowling, the other most active player in this league, might make it three straight years with no playoffs. And like you addressed, two of those years, the past two, he has had very good teams. So what gives? I I don't know. I mean, if I had to guess, I think it would be ultimately, ultimately a love for trading more than a love for having a good team. Like, he's obviously not going to make a trade that he thinks he doesn't win. I I don't even know if I'd say that. He's not going to make a trade that he thinks he loses. But he will make trades that he thinks he doesn't win. Mm -hmm. Because he loves trading, and if he thinks it's a wash or who knows what could happen, he'll make that trade. And sometimes there even may be times where, you know, he's, he's on the fence and he could be leaning towards, I lose this trade. 
but he's gonna make that trade anyway because he loves trading so much. Like it's it's, and we he talked about it today and he admitted it in the chat. You know, I I need to just stick with a squad, find my guys and stick with my guys, and not trade as much. And I ultimately I I really really think that if he did that next year, he makes playoffs. Mm. You know, and last season was a year of more of late blooming. Um, <laughs> sorry, we're, we're just looking at pictures that Cullen sent of the different profile pics he's had in the Legend of Zeladon, and it's it's, it's, it's just, so sad. Man. It is, but I I really do think you know he he has the best shot. Like if you just picked an odds-on favorite next year before the season started, no keepers, who's got the best shot? At winning a championship, who knows the most? Who's got the fantasy acumen? It's Cullen. So the fact that he hasn't made the playoffs, and I don't want to toot my own horn here, you know, because I was in it that ESPN year, our first year. I mean, this will be four straight. I've never missed the playoffs, and I've played in two championships. So it's like, Cullen, I do not know as much as you, all right? I. I listen to the fantasy footballers for crying out loud. Not this year, which is probably why I'm doing bad. But it's like, you deserve to be in it over me. Like all, you know, slate cleared, uh, you know, drafting, trading, all of that off the table. Just looking at me and you. You deserve to be in it over me. And I've never missed the playoffs. Okay? I, I want this for you. Bad. All right? And we'll talk more later about what shot he has at getting in. But... That's that's the third biggest storyline, really. Yep, the third biggest storyline. Somehow you can have two great teams two years in a row and potentially miss out on both uh, playoffs in both both seasons. It's crazy to think about. So is that enough time on Cullen? I think that's enough time. All right. You want to go to number two? Yeah, the second biggest storyline of this year is our king, our commish. Um, whether you like it or not, he is a king. The king, the commissioner, Dave, David, Heard. It's weird even saying his name. I just call him Commish. But David being horrible at fantasy. Um, this year has been very tough for him as far as fantasy goes. I don't know about his personal life, but it's been very, very bad for him in the fantasy front. And then also, which we can talk about in a second here, but him feeding Dylan a win, just straight up giving it to him. That and then doesn't even start a Giants wide receiver in his place like a Darius Slayton, which doesn't mean he would have won, but at least having the I don't know the fortitude is the that a word the wherewithal like, the just the giving a damn enough to be able to do that. Um, we were all very disappointed, and then yeah, with all the emails and I had a lot of hope. I voted for Dave, but just what he's put together a one in eleven season or one in twelve, whatever he's at right now. Man, it's irrelevant is what it is. Yeah, it's completely irrelevant. And the thing is, I don't know what week he got his his win. Um, I believe he was 0-8 or 0-9. But this dude won a championship by scoring 92 points and then lost the next nine games. Like it it was just embarrassing. It's it's horrible. Um and yeah, I think feeding, I mean, you can say we've talked enough about how he gave Dylan a win and didn't even start someone, but 
can you talk about that enough? You yeah, know, it's, I mean, it's it's controversial. It, I mean, you have to think about was that part of the trade with Dylan? Was part of it like, hey, and I won't start anyone, you know? Because if that's the case, that's bordering collusion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to agree with you. I don't know if it was the case, but yeah, it was very shocking in the moment as someone that was fighting for a buy and thank God I ended up getting one or else I would have raised hell. But it was very disappointing to see. And yeah, the season as a whole for Dave. I, I'm i the eternal devil's advocate, so I can't ever talk about a man poorly for too long. But I will say he's been a lot more active in the chat, which I've appreciated. The first half of the season, not only was he bad, but he also wasn't active. I've appreciated the activity from him. I've appreciated him making moves. And really, other than that Dylan trade, making moves that are in that one, I guess, inevitably will. But making tr- trades, making moves that are going to help him in the toilet bowl. And truthfully, I just kind of looked at his team and he's had some horrible teams at moments this year, but I don't think he's going to lose the toilet bowl. I think that's what's crazy. That's crazy. I want him to, he needs a punishment for what he's done, but I don't think he's going to lose it all. And that doesn't really have to do with the storyline, but yeah, just want to I say mean, that. I agree. I don't think he's going to lose the toilet bowl because he, he woke up, early enough to be like, hey, I have to make some changes. Started making trades very early. Uh, or not very early, but started making very drastic cha- trades in order to build his team for week 17. Like he got to a point where literally no other games mattered, which hopefully moving forward, that won't ever happen. It 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 honestly sucked having someone in the league who's like, hey, take these good players, just give me someone that will help me in week 17 because it kind of messes up the whole league. So hopefully moving forward, you know, we won't have one person who's so out of it and actually still cares. Normally if someone's out of it and they're like, Oh, and eight, they just don't care anymore. Dave was still trying to just grab onto the scraps of redemption he could possibly have. Yep. Yep. Um, but that has led to parody in this league, which is another big storyline, which we're going to mm-hmm. get to after the number one or right now. We could do it right now. We could talk about the parody in the league. We'll just, that's opening. The yeah, door. yeah, yeah. That opens the door for the next thing. So let's finish up with our number one story in the league. Taylor, how do you feel about being the league's number one storyline this year? Hey, we're live. We are alive. How do you feel about being the biggest storyline in a league that you're not in? I mean, I was made for the tabloids, but you know, I wish I wouldn't I wish I didn't have to be a storyline, but it's kind of lit cuz I know you know, I know I'm the best one in there because I'm in another league, and I'm ranked first. Mm. So I'm just kind of built different, and I love seeing that the league needs me so bad, you know? Uh-huh. It's good to be wanted. Yeah. There's yeah. a difference between wanted and needed. Um, do you think this is the right attitude to have towards a league that doesn't need to welcome you back at all? No. No, definitely not. Okay. <laughs> Would you like to apologize for what you just said? No, because I'm joking. I'm joking. It's jokes. 
his jokes. Yeah. Would you like to? What? Would you like to just apologize for quitting mid-season? I, oh, okay. Is that what this is about? No, you're the biggest storyline, and if you can't own it, like at this no. point, it should be. Bro, I'm, I've already, I've already done the farewell. Sorry, apologizing. Okay. Hey, Taylor. All I'm saying. I had a whole podcast about it. Okay, if you can't at this point, <laughs> if you can't at this point have a. <clears throat> have an attitude and like have moved past it to the point where it's like, yeah, you know, like I, I did mess up and I own it and I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry for how it's affected. If you can't be there at this point and you're still going to try and like, why are you making me sit? You know, like, do you need to come back? That's like, that's like asking a man that's been in prison for like 50 years. Like, Hey bro, you, you still innocent. And he's like, yes, bro, I'm innocent. And then it's like nothing changes. Like, what was the point? Like, he's gonna he's gonna have to start saying like, "Yeah, I'm guilty, ho. Come at You're, me." No, brother. You, here's you, the hey, Taylor. Hold on. Let me. Ta- no, 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 no. No, real quick. Real quick. Real quick. Oh, Wait. First you... of all, I just want to say that didn't make sense. But yeah, Taylor. Yes, do you think someone in prison would stop saying I'm innocent? Yeah. And it's it's interesting how you. If that's the first thing that came out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they would never stop saying that for one, but it's interesting that in some kind of allegory that you create, you're the person who relates to the person who keeps saying I'm innocent. And I also would like to point out that in Shawshank Redemption, you aren't what's his face, the white dude. Morgan Freeman gets out. No, you. Yes, you are Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman ended up showing him. Good guy. He showed Morgan Freeman what he did kill someone. He admitted to it, but he showed remorse. And we have an effed up system. He should have been let out earlier. But he showed remorse and did end up getting let out. You aren't showing remorse, brother. Yeah, lit. Okay, I, I remorse. <laughs> okay. Hey. But what, what power do y'all have right now? Like, y'all can't let me back in the league, so. It's a podcast that the league listens to, Taylor. Oh. The league as a whole can I let you back in. I thought this was a phone call, brothers. Mm, no, you did not. Hey, we've had fun having you on, Taylor. We'll try and... Wait, uh- now we'll yeah, revisit this conversation maybe early summer. See if you've. Okay, no, I didn't. Okay, y'all didn't tell me. <laughs> y'all didn't tell me this was like, like for real, for real. Like I was just joking. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I quit. <laughs> and I would love, to, I would love to be let back in. <laughs> in like a year. Should we sc- should we just scrap this phone call, man? No, no, this is good. We want to see the league. We need to let the league hear Taylor scrambling. <laughs> no, I'm joking, bro. As you I are always. Play. As you I are always. Back in, I'm better than half, if not 99% of the league at, you know, waivers or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, just let me back in. I'm sorry. And, uh, I don't know how many times I have to say it at this point. It's comical. A lot. You have to say it a lot, and you have to keep saying it because you uh, you did something crazy. All right? All right. Well, I, I had to get my money up for you, a bit. You good, brother. We do love you, man. Love y'all. Love um, you, man. Thanks but, for joining. Love you. Hey, just to say you, your team was butthole, and that's why. Yeah, you it was really, really bad. Nah, it was lit, bro. It was lit. It was bad. It was, get- it was, it was big bad. See you, man. Okay, so last segment we're doing here tonight or 
on this podcast is the playoff picture. And like we said earlier, the playoff, the fight for the playoffs, it starts, well, it's been going on all season, but it really, it starts tomorrow. So um, on Thursday night football. And we'll go ahead and say that me, Dylan, TB, Jappel have clinched. Nick, for the most part, has clinched, but we might talk about him for a second. I just, before, before we hit on, because we're just running through these, I will say for me, the the scenario that would have to happen is I would have to lose to Duncan and or no, I would have to lose to Duncan and then Austin would have to outscore me by about sixty five points. Yeah. So for the most part, as we talk about this, we're not really diving into me that much. We're going to consider me clinched, and I hope I'm not pre-jacking on myself because I could. there are very easy outcomes where I throw up something in the 70s with an injured team and Austin throws up a 130, you know, something crazy. Yeah, so, that, that's true. That's, that's a good point. I don't I'm feel very, very it. comfortable, but we're going to consider me clinched at least as a sixth seed. Yeah. Know? No, I'm glad you addressed that, Nick. I agree. After see, like seeing your team this week, it's it's not good. So. It's not good, but I had a hot week last week yeah. with an injured Adam um, Thielen. Well, let me ask you before we dive into the – so those are the four that have clinched. Of the four that have clinched, who are you most surprised by? Like who would you have been like, there's no way they'd be a top four team going into this season? Going into the season? Yeah. Or at any point during the season. Who are you just surprised by? I mean, I, I can't say Mitch because he beat me in a championship one year. Um. How does he keep doing it, man? I don't know. How does someone like Cullen not do it and Mitch just keeps on doing it? And Mitch it? doesn't look at trade charts. He's just like gut feeling. I don't know. But I think it's – he sticks with his guys. I know that you'd be in the playoffs. Uh, I would imagine Dylan would have made playoffs and Dan would have made playoffs. I mean, if I had to pick – if I had to pick six teams at the beginning of the season, I would, I would most likely pick – I would pick me, Dan, you. Probably would have picked Dylan. And then I guess Cullen and Dan. Sure, yeah. I mean, that's probably what I would have gone with. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, and just, again, props to... Dylan and I are technically the only people that have clinched so far. So Dylan, we didn't get to talk to you, talk about you a lot on this pod, but hey, we're in the playoffs, buddy, and I hopefully will not see you in the championship. Hopefully, I'll see some trash opponent. But anyway, I'm just looking back at this is bad podcasting. I'm looking back at what Mitch finished last year. Okay, he was trash last year. Whatever. Uh, anyway, so and then the three teams that have been that are out no matter what are DPG. Otherwise, otherwise known as Will, Eric, and Dave. I don't think we're really surprised by either. We talked about Dave. We're not surprised by DPG or Eric, so there's no reason to really talk about that. I will, I will say for a second, Eric at the beginning of the season made some good trades, and he was active, and he got some dubs early. Mm-hmm. Then he kind of fell off. Yeah. Yep. And he's told me that in person. He's like, yeah, I kind of fell off. Yeah. Okay, well, then let's focus on the, the big four. If you will, and let's start with the person with the least 
like by the big four, you mean the mid four, the mid four, the mid four that are vying for that sixth yep. seed. Obviously, I could I could get the sixth seed if I lost to Duncan, yeah. but the people who are looking for that last spot in, yeah, yep, are from least likely to most likely. It's Sean, Dinky, Wine, and Dunk. So we talked about Sean a bunch, but let's just outline for him outline the possibility of him making it. Basically, it's pretty. It's not simple, it's difficult, but that the difficulty is what makes it simple. He needs all three teams ahead of him to lose, so that's Duncan, Wine, and Dinky. Needs all of them to lose, and then he needs to beat, he needs to outscore Duncan by uh, 50, no, yep, 48 points, and then just outscore Wine by whatever. So he has a shot, 50, whatever, like you just outlined, 50 points isn't, it's not the most impossible thing to happen but again like we talked about earlier it is a fall from grace for sure anything on that nick yeah i will say that our last pod i think i really hyped up sean's team and had him in my power rankings at like two or three and i just want to say that i predicted that he would fall out okay he's had injuries can't predict those so let's chill out but i predicted him and duncan to fall out and they both have a shot okay okay and i just want to say for sean's team Moving forward, having a shot at the playoffs. I think it's amazing that he needs three teams to lose and none of them are playing each other. Like all three teams that he needs to lose could all lose this week. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, I mean, there's six matchups. The fact that none of them are matched up together is pretty cool. So I yeah. think it's we're rooting for three different L's for people to take. And for Sean to pop off against Duncan's PF. Yep, it makes that Alex Collins non uh, non bench, not finding a replacement for him, makes it that much harder to swallow because he has a legit shot. And like I talked about with you earlier, Nick, what, not on the pod, but last week there was all these scenarios and it ended up happening. Every single person lost, and I made it in as a six seed, as a six and seven team. So everyone could lose. That's yeah. also in the cards. So. I mean, I, I think this is where we, we said we would mention it earlier, and Zach just did, but not starting a running back. Like, not starting Alex Collins. That sucks, because now he's got a 50-point PF to make up. I mean, he needs three losses to happen, which Zach said is very possible. Like, it can, it can happen, you know, especially depending on who they play. But, like, you have a a goose egg from a running back because you just didn't fill out. And this is where it comes back to like sin begets sin begets sin begets sin, death begets sin, whatever, or death begets death begets begets death, whatever the phrase is begets, whatever the word is. Um, Sean, you holding on to Jeff Wilson, as long as you did, you still, you still have him on your team. You hold, I've been saying since the moment you had him, what are you doing? What are you doing? If you had any other kind of running back, you could have replaced him with Alex Collins. Anyone off the waiver wire at any point during the season, you could have grabbed anyone. And you kept Jeff Wilson on your team. So we think that's not a big deal, Sean, but at the end of the day, it was a huge, huge deal. Yeah. And you could have started him last last week in place of Alex Collins, and he could have gotten you zero points. Mm. Death begets death begets death. All right, let's talk about Dinky next. Um, Dinky has, of the four, he has the third best odds to make the playoffs. He needs 
basically because of his PF, he doesn't really, scoring doesn't matter to him. He just needs to win and he needs Duncan and Wine to lose. Um, Dinky plays myself. And right now I'm kind of have a joke lineup. So forgive me all. But I will say that my lineup, David Montgomery was hurt. Swift's hurt. Debo's hurt. Um, there's a chance that a lot of my guys aren't able to play. So Dinky's got a healthy team this week. Um, no one on by. I mean, it's pretty much if Dinky wins, he's in. No, like I mean, no, 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 no. not not if he wins, but like he needs to make sure he beats you, and then if I win and Austin loses, like that's it. Yeah, yeah. PF doesn't matter for Dink, which is a great place to be in. Mm -hmm. Like you're just, it feels like you're controlling your own destiny a little bit more because you're not relying on like some tiebreaker PF thing at the end of the day. Yeah, what hurts Dink, and I looked at a couple of his past losses last week. He put up a lot of points that could have been a lot of people. But he was facing um, me, Nick, who had a better week. The week before that, he had a trash week. And the week before that, he put up a ton of points. A ton of points. Second most points in the league. But was facing Trade Baby, who put up the most points. So he's had a tough schedule. And then it doesn't get any easier with playing me this week. So because of that, Dink has a he's got a hard path in. Yeah. Yeah. You want to move on to... Yep. Next then best we'll, odds. And this is for we're doing this. I know we may not be talking about your team, but who doesn't love a playoff push? If you're in, don't you just want to see which one of these teams makes the playoffs? So yeah. Second best odds is wine because he just needs to win um and Duncan lose. Or he needs to win and if Duncan wins, he needs to outscore Duncan by fifty points. Yep. So even if Duncan wins, he kind of has a shot, but that's still, that's asking a lot. So really, he needs to win and Duncan lose. And he plays Mitch this week. Um, unfortunately for Austin, unlike Dinky's team, Austin has three players, three key players of his on by. Leonard Fournette against Buffalo defense. Um, his I mean, his quarterback on by. And yeah, so hopefully he's got to hope that some of Mitch's players that are questionable aren't able to go. Yeah. And I really don't think Darren Waller I don't I don't think Darren Waller will be able to suit up and I tried to trade Mitch for him and like week after week he'd be like, Hey man, not trading Waller this week. He's not moving. And I'd be like, Alright, and then I'd wait until the next week after Waller put up like seven points. I'd be like, Waller? I'd be like, Nah man, not moving Waller. Thank you. And here he is. And I don't think Waller's gonna suit up. So yep. I mean ultimately I'm I don't wanna say I'm rooting for Wine Dad. But I kind of, kind of am. After just, having him on in the interview, I'm rooting for him. I am too. Because he kind of sold us. He wants it more than, I mean, dare I say, anyone else out there. Yeah, yeah, I think he does. So, well, no, no, sorry, Dinky, you <laughs> want it the most. We Dink all know you do. <laughs> Dinky want it bad. <laughs> um. Okay, so that's Austin, and I like Austin's chances. Um. It's hard because as the last team, we'll get to it right now, the best chance to win or the best chance to make it, he's a win you're in, is Duncan Tugman. And his biggest case for making it as a win you're in and the best odds is the fact that he's playing a broken Nick team this week who Nick should be back to normal next week, but this week he will not be. Um, Kamara should be playing, but Duncan kind of has an easy path into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If if he can if he can pull out a dub, which he should, he's in. 
I, I say he should. It depends what kind of lineup I can pull together. But I just want to talk about Duncan real quick. His team looked like a powerhouse when mm-hmm. Derrick Henry was just popping off week yeah. after week. And I will say, I went into the draft just so down on Derrick Henry because it's like he cannot keep this up. He 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 seems inhuman. He's run miles and miles and miles of the football. This will take a toll on him eventually. And then when he was popping off for Duncan's team, I was like, why am I such an idiot? Why do I not think that the great people will continue to be great? And then he got hurt. And what happened, what we all thought could and would happen, happened. So I don't, it's not karma, but it's like, yeah, like he popped off for you at the beginning and he's gotten you the dubs that you've gotten so far. But like now you're kind of getting what we all thought would happen. So, yeah, can I just say a little bit of hope for the people out there? So I'm not able to track this all the way past week seven. We don't have enough time for that. But five of the last podcasts that would on listen to this, five of the last six weeks, Duncan has not broken 90 points. Four of the last five weeks, Duncan has not gotten more than 83 points. Whatever it is, this dude has had one good week in the past six weeks. One good week in the past six weeks. And like you said, it's because of Derrick Henry. And he has a shot of a win you're in. So if you're Wine, if you're Cohen, maybe even if you're Sean, you're able to look at that and say, hey, I really do have a shot because this dude has not put it together. And this guy is an, is an Eric win by 0.22 points away from pretty much being out of the playoff race. So, well, not being out, but being just in the same place as Cullen's in. So, yeah. And hey, if I were Sean, well, not Sean, because Sean seems dog water. But if I were Austin or Cullen and Duncan made it in, I would be so sad that his trash-ass team is going to make it into the playoffs just to lose the first game. Like, that. that is ultimately what will happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that's the playoff picture. Is there anything else on that? I, I will say after looking at Duncan's past performances, I'm going to go ahead and give, gosh, this is going to sound crazy. <sighs> I think Cullen of those four, I really think Cullen's going to be the one that makes it in. Really? I really do. I, Duncan's past six performances, like I said, only one good one. Wine dad against a good Mitch team with a lot of his team on by. Yeah. I think I, I think have Cullen to agree with you. Has a really good shot. Yeah. I think ultimately I will beat Duncan. Uh, and, you know, if Austin can pull it out against against Mitch, that's one thing. But will he? Like, I mean, he basically Cullen just needs two losses to fall his way. And then he takes care of business and gets a dub. Who's he playing this week? Cullen, me. And I'm, Ooh, I'm pretty yeah. injured. Yeah. So that's still a lot to happen. Um, I think I I think I actually give my best chances to Duncan because all if he gets a dub against me, that's it. Yeah, you know. Um, and but I, I mean, cream. that's the thing is like yep. it could go four different ways, four different ways. Yep. Yeah. So, and again, looking at Duncan's past performances, like I said, it's something like for the past five weeks, he hasn't gotten more than eighty-two points. So, Sean, you win, everyone loses. Duncan puts up his normal 75 points. You put up 125. You're in. It's not that 
it's not that not hard that to, out of the picture. But can yeah. Sean put that many points up? Yeah, Anything's possible, so. but like, come on. Yeah, you're right. He is starting. <laughs> come on, man. Rashad Rashad Bateman. Did you even put in any waiver claims? I hope you did, man. Oh, he's benching Nick Chubb right now. Is this a joke? Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, that brings us to the end of the playoff picture. I want to say a couple things just about the state of the league. Dave, thank you for, you know, taking the reins as commission. I know you had a vision, like, we would love stability in the commissioner spot. We talked about it. I'm I'm the vice commish. At the end of the day, I'm your right-hand man. I'm supposed to defend you and defend your decisions in the league. Sadly, I haven't been able to do that, you know. But we call that checks and balances. Um, and I think after this year, we've talked about it a lot. And Dave knows that realistically, you know, we I'd love to see him gracefully step down. Um, but the power is probably going to go back to the people. And it will be a league run by the people with no commissioner. There will be what you would call a, we could call it a, an administrator. You know, someone who's setting up the draft, taking care of the Venmos, the buy-ins, those kind of things. Um, he's in charge of the league rules, but no one really is going to have power after this. So I think that's just something to look forward to in a way, whether it's positively or negatively, but to just know that that's, that's coming, you know, a storm is coming. And that's your monologue with Nick. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to say? Closing thoughts? Good luck to our four teams out there starting tomorrow. And I do have one more thing to say. So much talk about four teams. Me talking about how I've made the playoff four years in a row. I know that the universe is against me, like in a lot of ways. Um, In every way I can think of, it seems the universe is against me. And so it will not surprise me, just an iota. It will not surprise me at all to watch Austin outscore me, for me to lose to Duncan, and for him to make that sixth spot um, while Duncan gets the fifth. Like, that won't surprise me at all. And so when this pod comes out and you're listening to it and you're like, oh, my gosh, Nick's, he's pre-jacking everywhere. It's know that I know, okay? I know what's happening I'm very, very scared. I want to be confident, but my team right now this week is broken, and it is what it is. So I know. I know. Um, But anyway, that is everything we have for you. Um, We will see you tomorrow night for Thursday Night Football. See you tomorrow night.
Good job, Zach.